at his aunt's, he was sent for to see his mother die. Death for her had no sting. And Thomas, long years after, said that her dying words and prayers had never been erased from his heart. She was laid to rest not far from the famous Hawk's Nest, on New River, West Virginia. Jonathan was then a pretty child, with rosy cheeks, wavy brown hair, and deep blue eyes. It is said of him that, as a child, he was strangely quiet and manly. The sadness of his young life made him grave and thoughtful beyond his years. When he was but eight years old, he went one day to the home of his father's cousin, Judge John G. Jackson, in Clarksburg. While eating his dinner, he said to Mrs. Jackson in a quiet way, "'Uncle and I don't agree. I have quit him and shall not go back any more.' His kind cousin tried to show him that he was in fault and that he should go back to his uncle Brake. He only shook his head and said more firmly than ever, No, uncle and I don't agree. I have quit him and shall not go back any more. It seems that his uncle had tried to govern him by force rather than through his sense of right and wrong. So this strange child calmly made up his mind not to stay where there would be constant warfare. From Judge Jackson's, he went that evening to the home of another cousin, who also tried to persuade him to return to his uncle Brake. But Jonathan only said, I have quit there. I shall not go back there any more. The next morning he set out alone and on foot, and went eighteen miles to the home of his uncle Cummins Jackson, the half-brother of his father. There he found his brother Warren, and soon felt quite at home with his kind uncle and aunts. His uncle Cummins was a bachelor who owned a fine farm and mills and was one of the largest slave owners in Lewis County. He was quite fond of his little nephew and took pains to teach him all the arts of country life. He treated him more as an equal than as a child, for he saw at once the noble nature with which he had to deal. He also sent Thomas and Warren to the nearest county school, but Warren, now a bold lad of fourteen years, did not like such restraint. He at last induced Thomas to go with him from their uncle's home to seek their fortunes in the Great West. After stopping for a time at the home of their uncle on the Ohio River, they went down that river and for some months were not heard from. In the fall of that year they returned to their kind friends, ragged and ill, with chills and fever. Their story was that they made a raft and floated down to one of the lonely islands in the Mississippi River near the Kentucky shore, where they cut wood for steamboats on the river. Here they spent the summer alone, with little food, in the midst of a dense forest surrounded by the turbid, rushing waters of the great Mississippi. At last, illness forced them to seek their way homeward, and Thomas boldly said that he was going back to his good Uncle Cummins. Warren stopped at the home of his Uncle Brake, but disease had laid so firm a hold upon him that, after lingering a few years, he died, aged about nineteen. Thomas and Laura were now all that were left of the little family. They lived together for several months at their Uncle Cummins, and it is told of Thomas that he was very fond of his little sister. 
Across the brook from the house was a large grove of sugar maple trees, where they would go to play, making sugar. It was a great pleasure to Thomas to build bridges for his little sister to walk on in crossing the stream, and many were the delights of the cool and fragrant forests. But in a short time Laura was sent to live with her mother's friends in Wood County, and Thomas was left alone. Though they could not live together, Thomas always cherished the warmest love for his sister, and the very first money he ever earned was spent in buying a silk dress for her. Thomas now went to school to Mr. Robert P. Ray. He showed no aptness for any study except arithmetic. When called upon to recite a lesson, he would flatly say that he did not understand it, and therefore was not ready. Nor would he go to the next lesson until he had learned the first perfectly. Thus, he was always behind in his class.